Sometimes going to a large shopping mall, I have found myself going through an entrance that leads to the perfumes. I think I've brought this up before. I would do everything I could to pass through those perfumes as fast as possible because the, the smell was just overpowering me. However, there was a grocery store I used to go to called United. And one aisle had uh, coffee, various kinds. And you could uh, get uh, your own blends um, and, and package it yourself. And sometimes I would just hang in that aisle and just stand there and smell the coffee for a while. Did you know that the aroma of Christ is either pleasant or it's very dissatisfying? It depends on the one who's smelling the aroma. The aroma is the same. The difference is how people respond to the aroma. The church like Christ, Paul. Heart for Christ, heart for mission, heart for others. The first point in the church like Christ, Paul, is heart for Christ. To be sure, Paul had a hard time accepting that Jesus was the Son of God. His intensity against the message of Christ is seen in his early actions, like the stoning of Stephen, Acts chapter 7, verse 58. In fact, he was excited about the execution of Stephen, Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Later, he sought and was given opportunity to persecute Christians in general, Acts chapter 9, 1 through 2. But even after becoming a follower of Christ, Christians were unsure of Paul's allegiance until they were convinced that his allegiance was truly for Christ, Acts chapter 9, verse 26. But once Paul did choose to follow Christ, he never lost his desire. Paul was not a Jonah. Jonah is not a person we tell people to emulate, is he? Why? Well, for one thing, he was disobedient. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Jonah chapter 1, 1 through 3. Jonah was not only disobedient, he knew something about God. He knew that God was merciful. And he just didn't want mercy given to the Ninevites. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, is this not what I said when I was yet in my own country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. No, Paul was not a Jonah. Paul 
was excitedly obedient. He knew God was merciful, and he wanted everyone to share in that mercy. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they, that is Barnabas and Saul, or Paul, went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus, Acts chapter 13, verse 4. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on to, into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them, Acts 16, 10. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, do not be afraid, but go on speaking, and do not be silent, for I am with you. And no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are of my people. And he stayed a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. Acts 18, 9 through 11. It is important to have a heart for Christ, especially as a Christian, don't you think? It basically means having a desire to live and do the things that Christ wants you to do. We read the Bible and are involved in Bible studies. We grab our coffee, our snacks, and study. We ponder and recognize our need for our own personal growth. So we pray to God for help in our personal growth and maturity. Why? Because we have a heart for Christ. One of the neat things about the church like Christ is their desire to follow Christ. The second point in the church like Christ, Paul, is heart for mission. What is Christ's mission? Well, I hope you know this, and I hope it's not a secret. It is to seek and save the lost, Luke chapter 19, verse 10. When I think of seeking something, I think of a heat-seeking missile. Maybe not the best analogy, but I'm working with it. This type of missile is looking for a heat source, like an enemy jet. It will seek out its target and deliver its payload, that explosive. Christians also have a heat-seeking missile, and it is the message of Christ. Our mission is to seek those who have Satan's control over their life and deliver our payload, the word of Christ. We seek to destroy the influence of Satan and help those who are lost so they can have life in Christ. Granted, not everyone packs up their life and living and becomes a missionary. And not everyone who seeks to be a missionary is able to do it. We go where God sends us, and that could be right where you live right now. There are people like Paul and Barnabas, Silas, Timothy, Titus, and John Mark. Their whole life was wrapped around God's mission. Are they the only ones to take the heart of mission seriously? During persecution, the people went out spreading the message of Christ. Acts chapter 8, verse 4. All Christians need to listen to Christ, especially 
in the things he wants us to do. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Not just missionaries, but Christians must know that as you are going in life, you are looking for people who want to be students of Christ's message. You're not looking for people um, just to make friends, but you're looking for people to share the message. Funds are needed sometimes. Prayers to God are never discouraged. These home Christians have a heart for mission as well. It may not lead them to before kings in prison, but they live for Christ and his mission nonetheless. The heart of for mission takes many hands working together to do this task. Not only does the heart of for mission reach to the lost, interestingly enough, it also reaches to the saved. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And I am with you always. Matthew chapter 28, 19 through 20. Can a baby calf separated from its mother at birth survive without help? I would say no. So you take that calf and you bring it to the barn so it can be hand fed. You want it to survive. You want it to grow properly. And I was reminded of this the other day when we were over at Bill and Mindy's house and Mindy was feeding their little calf a bottle-fed milk. Likewise, the new convert is like a calf. He or she needs continued teaching. What kind of teaching? Those things that Christ commands for his followers. At what stage does this teaching and nourishment stop? Part of the heart of the mission also is to strengthen the believers. Acts chapter 15, 41. Part of the heart of the mission is also to continually pass on the whole message of Christ. Acts 16, verse 4. Part of the heart of the mission is looking forward to increased growth. Acts 16, verse 5. Not just numerically, but also the growth of the individual who is already in Christ. This is also part of the mission. The church like Christ, Paul. The third point is heart for others. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal possession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, 
in the sight of God. We speak in Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 14 through 17. Where did this fragrance come from? It came from Christ. The fragrance of the knowledge of him. Specifically, the aroma is Christ's message. The teaching from Christ through his apostles was for the purpose of helping people. And there are two kinds of people in this respect. Those who are being saved and those who are perishing. The ones who are being saved are all who are like are in the church like Christ. Whatever maturity level. We are saved, yes, because we are baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. But we have not experienced eternal life. I think in this respect, this is what he means by being saved. We're in the process of reaching eternal life. Then there are those who are perishing, those who never were Christians and reject the message. Or, as we learn in Hebrews, especially on Wednesday, Christians who become unbelievers. So, we need to change the smell. Is that what we need to do? Change the smell. Well, in one respect, there are things we can do to assist making people feel welcome and comfortable. A real estate agent might do what? Cook cookies. And when a person walks into that house, what do they smell? Those cookies. Man, there's something about that odor that just makes you feel welcome. Or a homeowner might use Febreze when they have visitors coming over to take care of just the regular odors in the house. What about worship gatherings? Can we do things to help people feel comfortable? I like it when congregations have coffee and glazed donuts. And there's no hint there. Uh, it not only smell good, but it tastes good, and it's an opportunity for people just to stand around, sit around, and just chit-chat with each other. I like it when the whole congregation reaches out to visitors and young Christians. Remember, they're like calves, and they need milk. It's not finished for them once they are converted into Christ. They need lots and lots and lots of nourishment. From everybody introduce yourself and make people feel welcome help a new Christian get involved this is one of the times when ignoring people that you know at least briefly is not a bad thing I think these things and things like these are good but changing the message so others will react differently that is wrong we can't change the aroma of Christ. Well, we can, but God wouldn't like it, would he? Because it would be a different aroma. The Christian Chronicle for this month, November 2020, has two interesting articles. One is the foreign missionaries, uh, Jeff and Cheryl Cash. They've been living uh, 25 years now among the Toro people in Uganda, and they plan to remain there. They raised four children, two are now in uh, Christian universities, and two are still with them. Then there's this gentleman by the name of Francis Habeshi. He just died. He was 82. Car accident. He was a native 
Egyptian. Egyptian, and he lived in Egypt, who became a Christian. During his life, he was arrested, harassed, interrogated, threatened, and persecuted for his Christian faith. And still, he remained a powerful gospel preacher and missionary, even going up to places like Europe to be missionaries to people up there. Then there are people who have never left their hometown. They grew in Christ and always lived for Christ in the presence of others. Their role is just another positive example of the church like Christ. They also have a heart for others. In conclusion, I am not a coffee drinker, but I do like smelling the aroma. From the Christian point of view, that good smelling aroma is the teaching of Christ. The church like Christ, Paul, the first point was the heart of Christ. This kind of heart has love for Jesus that cannot be compromised. I will go where you send me. I will live in the way that pleases you, Heavenly Father. The second point was a heart for mission, to seek and save the lost. Not only the lost, but also the mission of working with the saved. To strengthen and encourage the saved in the teaching of Christ. We do not want them to fall away, do we? And then there's the heart for others, to present the smell of Christ, showing our devotion to Christ and our love for others. Is there a greater way to show love than to tell people the message of Christ? You may have some concerns or issues this morning. You may have a desire to 